Welcome to Papa Scare's Horror Stories. Cemeteries and graveyards are meant to be our final resting place. But sometimes, those resting there are not ready for rest. In this episode, I bring you five stories about haunted cemeteries. If you enjoy this video, please consider subscribing and sharing with someone else who might also enjoy this. I would really appreciate it and it would really help my channel grow. And with that said, let us begin. When I was 15 years old, I walked through a graveyard on the way to and from school. I usually met my friends at 7am-ish and we would walk together. However, sometimes I missed them or they missed me and we'd walk alone. One morning I missed them and walked on. It was a rainy and grey autumn day. The graveyard is located between a main road and a neighbourhood of houses. It is large and a path runs from one side to another. It runs through the middle with graves all around, trees and a small chapel for funerals. I got halfway through and to the far left corner of the graveyard there was something completely black running repeatedly to and fro alongside a small section of the graveyard wall. It was running between the two points at high speed and was really jolty. It didn't seem to notice me at all, although I am quite short and it seemed very focused on the running. I stared for ages as the movements were unnatural and it just didn't look like a human or even what I'd think a ghost would look like. Where it was running and why it was running there didn't make any sense at all. All of a sudden, it stopped dead in its tracks. It's hard to describe how fast it stopped. It stopped with its body angled toward me, in a runner's pose. I instantly ran as it set off toward me. I don't think I've run so fast in my entire life. I was jumping over gravestones, holes in the ground, long grass. It was terrifying. All the while, it made no noise, didn't shout, nothing. I didn't either. I didn't even scream. It was also automatic. I made it out and ran across the road outside, bending down to catch my breath and looking at people walking to school. I wanted to say something, but I knew it would sound crazy. They were already looking at me weirdly for being so out of breath. I walked back to the gates of the cemetery entrance and looked across, but nobody was there. I waited for 15 minutes in case my friends walked through. I didn't want them running into the same thing. But nothing and no one came through. I carried on to school and kept it to myself. I told a couple of friends as I got older and sometimes think about it and wonder. I've not seen anything like it since. I guess I'm wondering if anyone has an idea of what it could be. And if anyone else has seen something like this before. Two years ago, two friends and I decided to go on a late night adventure and drive to a bigger city about an hour away from our hometown. We got to the city around 11pm 
and were just exploring random areas of the city. I had my iPhone plugged into the car playing music, and out of nowhere, the music cut out and the screen changed to maps. A destination was entered in the map, and a male AI voice began telling us where to go. We decided to follow it like it wasn't something straight out of a horror movie. The first destination it took us to was a worn out road at the back of a construction zone. The road went up into a forest that was surrounded by large fences. There were no trespassing signs everywhere, so we decided to turn around. The GPS then rerouted us to another point about 20 minutes away from the first one. We drove to the second point, and it was a dead-end road on the opposite side of the forest from the first road. We were pretty freaked out by the experience, and reconnected my phone and went back home. Fast forward a few days ago, and one of the friends who had gone with us was talking to me on the phone. He brought up the experience and we decided to look into it. We found the two roads on Google Earth and could see a house in the forest with a clearing behind it. We started doing some research on the house and came across a court document connected to the address. Developers had bought the land and were denied approval to build on the land where the house stood. I didn't think much of this until I read further and saw why they were denied. The clearing we saw on Google Earth ended up being a cemetery where the original settlers of the city were buried. With more research, we came to find that a man who had owned the land sometime before the 90s had moved every headstone, leaving the graves unmarked. It took historians years to discover the cemetery, and they were granted permission to make a thorough report on it. They found 99 grave shafts, but 60 of them were much smaller meaning they belonged to children. The developers had unveiled in court that they would simply move the remains into a corner of the new subdivision without any ceremony. The other road that we were brought to was on the other side of the forest as if it wanted us to drive through from the other side when we didn't take the main road. The weirdest part about this whole experience was when we noticed the court date was exactly 10 years ago from the date we did the research. We found it odd that it took us so long to look into what the GPS could have been taking us to and that out of every day, it happened to be the 10 year anniversary of this crazy case. I honestly believe that our GPS was being manipulated by a spirit that belonged to the graveyard and they wanted us to know what had happened there. I went to visit a childhood friend in a town called Hay Lakes, located about 30 minutes outside of Edmonton, Alberta. My friend had recently lost her cousin to cancer and life was just generally treating her like shit. She said that she had been visiting the graveyard in Hay Lakes a bit, said that it somehow comforted her a little. We were going to go for a starlit late night quad ride but, but her stepdad had used it that day and run out of gas. Nothing was open to refuel it at that time of night in a small rural town. Sam suggested a drive instead, and I agreed. 
I loved going for drives at night, especially past all the acres of farmland. We had travelled down the highway a fair bit when Sam asked me if I wouldn't mind visiting the graveyard with her. I agreed, of course. If they were comforting to her, I would go with her. I had never found graveyards creepy or understood why others might. I don't know what I expected when the vehicle finally slowed down and turned off onto a gravel road. We pulled up just shy of the graveyard gates, which looked like something out of a movie. Iron and tall and shut tight with a lock. She put the vehicle into park, and we sat inside it, quietly observing. After my eyes fell on the gate, they travelled the length of the graveyard. Beyond the gate, the ground sloped slightly uphill, giving me a looming feeling from my perspective. The gravestones were beautifully decorated and seemed to be scattered in no particular order. Some had pinwheels, some had flowers and garnish. I had to squint to see the gravestones in the back, above the others, at the top of the hill. It was pitch black. The only light source was the headlights of the vehicle, full moon and the stars. We were quiet for a while. It probably wasn't that long, but the silence made it seem longer. I felt a strange mixture of calm and eerie, or maybe like the feeling you have right before a jump scream, one you didn't know was coming. Suddenly Sam jumped and said she felt something graze her back. I instantly went cold. I told her to lean forward in her seat and see if it happened again, but she was panicking and didn't seem to hear me. She cried that she felt it again on her shoulder and this time froze. She waited and waited. It seemed to last forever, both of us frozen in place, but I know it was no more than a minute. And we waited still, but she didn't feel it again. I whispered to her that she imagined it. We were in front of a graveyard after all. I saw her body relax. She laughed shakily and agreed. Of course she was going to imagine something touching her. We were at a typically creepy spot. She turned the keys and reached for the gear shift to leave. But to our dismay, the car wouldn't start. As quickly as it had left her, the panic came back and Sam was violently shaking the gear shift, trying to get the vehicle to work. I had to grab her arm and tell her to stop, to take a deep breath. She did, and tried the gas again, only this time calmer and with precision. The vehicle still wouldn't move. We sat back in our seats and breathed heavily, trying to think rationally. When I heard Sam start to laugh, I looked over at her and she pointed the gear shift. It had been in park the whole time. Relief flooded over us and we laughed. How could we have been so stupid? I still find it funny to this day how we were so spooked by the graveyard that, in our panic, we didn't realize the car was in park the whole time, causing it to stall. I still remember that cold fear though, thinking that some spirits or something had taken over the car and or wouldn't let us leave the graveyard. We were a special kind of stupid. After we had caught our breaths, we decided that was close enough of a spook for one night. 
Sam was about to shift the gear and to drive to leave when I noticed something at the back of the graveyard. The gravestones in the back, the ones I had to squint at to see clearly, started to shine. Or glow, I have no idea. I watched as a little plume of light popped up, and suddenly the light took a familiar shape. I turned to Sam to see her looking in the same direction. All I remember saying to her was, you see that too, right? And she said, yeah, I do. I looked back in disbelief. The small plume of light was shaped like a little person, like one of those men figures you cut out of paper. It looked like a little paper person and it started and it started to move somehow. It looked like a blur, like it was coming in and out of focus. Just then I realized that it looked like it was twirling. I turned to Sam again and pointed at what I was looking at, asking her yet again if she could see what I'm seeing. She blinked for a second and said yes. She pointed, but not in my direction. She had been looking at another paper person on the other side of the graveyard. And just like that, more had appeared where there had been none before. We didn't even see them appear. They were just there. They littered the back row of the gravestones mostly, the ones at the top of the hill. But a few trickled down. You might be wondering why we didn't step out of the vehicle and climb that fence. Part of me wanted to, but in my disbelief I didn't think to at the time. And of course, as all stories of encounters go, I didn't think to take a picture. I did, however, I did, however, think to rub my eyes and pinch my nose and pinch myself repeatedly. I opened the car door and stuck my head out. They remained the same. We even turned off the car headlights. We thought that maybe they were causing a reflection of the iron gate. The lights went out, the paper people stayed. There were no other sources of light. We were adamant on trying to debunk this. If what we were seeing was real, we wanted it to be. We both watched them in awe for a long time. They continued to twirl among the gravestones. Once we realized we were seeing the same thing, we suddenly felt calm. I know this because we both felt it at the same time. I can't really explain it in words. We discussed it later. After a silent car after a silent car ride after a silent car ride home. We discussed it later after a silent car ride home. I saw Sam lean back, but I mostly kept my eyes on the paper people thinking they would disappear if I looked away. They didn't disappear. Not as we were pulling out of the gravel road. Not as we made our way back to the highway. And not as we drove back to Hay Lakes. I kept glancing toward them. And I swore I could see them in the distance. I watched them. Until the graveyard was out of sight. This experience took place a few months ago, in mid-November, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. My girlfriend-to-be, another couple she was friends with at the time, and I, were all hanging out. 
being teenagers who enjoyed trying our luck, all four of us decided to take a trip to Riverside Cemetery on the north side of town. Now, I've been to this cemetery searching for stuff myself before, and I had never had much more than the occasional expected sign of spirits being nearby, such as white spots or orbs in photographs, or the occasional time where my camera would suddenly say, low battery powering down, even though I always make sure I change the batteries before stuff like this. So naturally, I thought that nothing more would likely happen this time. However, such was definitely not the case. I could tell the second that we arrived at the cemetery that something was different. There was something about the way the air felt. The atmosphere was entirely different than usual. It was so much more energetic than normal. Anyways, the four of us got out of the car because the other three wanted to look around a little bit. I wasn't too keen on this idea at first, but I decided I didn't want to look weak in front of the girl I liked. So we got out and I brought something I use for communication called dowsing rods with me. They are held horizontally and spirits can move them based on questions you asked. Well, we get out of the car and we begin to use the dowsing rods I brought. I start asking some questions and then the girl I liked, let's call her Kay, asks to use them so I hand them over to her. She asks a few questions before the guy in the couple she invited, let's call him H, asks to use them. I say that's fine. He asks a couple more questions. And like the past two of us, the questions are answered, but nothing too extreme happens. At this point in time, the girl in the couple invited, E, is the only person who hasn't used the rods and didn't want to. But the rest of us pressure her into it. When she asked her question though, the rods quickly whipped around to the answer, rather than slowly like for the three of us. So I take the rods back and ask if the spirit liked her, to which the answer was yes. Then, because I'm beginning to get suspicious, I ask if it's a benevolent spirit, and it answers no. I freak out, quickly close the session and put the rods away. E is beginning to really freak out too, and so I have to comfort her. Meanwhile, K and H wander off in the headstones because they want to do some headstone rubbings. I'm starting to really feel the hairs on my neck prick up, and it's really making me anxious. Which is when I begin to see things. Out of the corner of my eyes, I see black figures flitting in between the headstones and this is making me really nervous. Mind you, K and H were on the other side of the cemetery at this time, and I had a clear line of vision to them, so it couldn't have been them. I tell E and she and I quickly run to catch up with the others, having decided that splitting up is no longer a good idea. This is where things get really freaky. After a few moments of being out in the headstones, I hear something. It's so difficult to describe, yet it fills me with fear every time I have to describe it. It was a loud scream, off in the distance. It could have been a person's scream, despite the fact it was so animalistic, full of fury and rage, and sounded so inhuman. 
from the rasp, the tenor of the scream, and the pure fury that sounded like a soul being dragged directly to hell. Not to mention it came from the woods adjacent to the cemetery. I give the others a look, who look back at me with the same expression of pure terror on their faces, and we sprint straight to the car. We begin to take E to her house, and we turn on the GPS and follow the directions. However, it isn't long before E pipes up from the back seat saying, this isn't how you get to my house. So K begins looking down at the step-by-step directions. She is scrolling down and the list keeps going. K scrolls for at least 30 seconds and the directions keep on going. Mind you, E's house is three quarters of a mile at most from the cemetery, so there's no way the directions are accurate. We follow the directions for a few minutes before we realize they're leading us further and further from E's house, and from town in general. We decide this may not be the best idea and just have E tell us how to get to her house. We get there, drop her off, and then try to use the GPS to get to my house. The same thing happens. The GPS gives us endless weird directions, and so we turn it off. That scream still haunts me. I wish I could impress upon all of you how tortured, how demonic, and how utterly inhuman that scream was. Furthermore, E would later tell us that that night after we dropped her off at Earth, that that night after we dropped her off at her house, one of her favorite plants was thrown off of her dresser and smashed on the floor. My friend Tommy and I used to go to graveyards with my recorder and cameras and fuck around trying to catch stuff and scare ourselves. There was this one tiny graveyard that was just like cut out from some woods on the side of this back road that we frequented because of its age and the fact that there was always ritualistic looking shit in the back right corner. One night Tommy got his own recorder and we decided to go there with his girlfriend and her friend to fuck around for a minute and test out his recorder. He drove and we pulled in and parked where we always did and got out while the girls refused to because it had started drizzling. So for some reason, I went to the back of the truck and see that there was a small gravestone we never noticed before and must have been parking on every time. I called Tommy back and showed him and he said aloud, oh shit, sorry man, I never saw you there. No disrespect meant. Both of our recorders were already running and caught him saying that, and we started walking towards the back right corner where there were usually glass containers, candles, and once a circle of apples with a partially burnt cigar planted ash side up, straight out of the ground in the middle. And halfway there, we're both startled by a voice. His recording was playing back him apologizing for parking on that grave a minute ago. Both of us laugh, but he swears he didn't hit anything. His recorder is lit to show that it's recording, so we don't know why it would have played back. He stops it and presses record again, and we keep walking. We get to the back right corner and there's nothing new in the ritual variety or anything, and we hang out and do the 
anyone present bullshit for a minute before moving on. Now, this cemetery has a very distinct heavy feeling that everyone feels every time. And this was no exception that night. I wouldn't say I felt anything different than usual, but Tommy did. As we started getting to the far left corner, he's getting weird and saying that he thinks he's just going to go to the truck. I call him a pussy and convince him to just come to that end for a minute or two. As I look at him, he's walking sort of leaned back. And while it's obvious enough to notice, it's not drastic. And I figure the ground is wet and there's tree roots that come up from the ground here and there, so he's just keeping his balance. We get over to the far left corner and instead of just headstones, there's full body length slabs of concrete style graves, which we usually sit on and hang out because the heavy feeling grows a bit over there. We're there maybe for about 30 seconds and he just isn't having it and tells me he'll be in the truck. He looked spooked, so I didn't joke about it and hung out by myself there for another minute or two before heading to the truck. On the way back to his house, he says he's sorry, but he just had a really bad feeling there and that he felt sick to his stomach. Then he said that he didn't want to mention it at the time, but when we were heading towards the far left corner, he felt like he was being pushed forward towards it. He also said that he was surprised I didn't notice because he felt like he was walking hunched forward. When I told him I noticed he was hunched backwards, he looked genuinely shocked and just got quiet for the rest of the ride. We got back to his house and he felt back to normal and everything, so we decided to listen to the recordings. We started them so that they were playing in sync, but the weird part was that when it got to the part where the recorder had started playing back his apology, we both had that recording. I turned mine off and we rechecked it and sure as shit his recording has his voice playing back and us talking about the happening. It then shuts off from where he stopped it. His other half of the recording matched mine and we didn't catch anything but can't explain how this recorder would have recorded and played back at the same time. There was nothing in the instructions saying it could do that. And we couldn't replicate it. No idea. He swears to this day that something was pushing him towards that back left corner. Thank you very much for watching. That was five stories about haunted cemeteries. If you enjoyed this video, please consider subscribing and sharing with someone who also might like it. It would really help my channel grow. If you have any stories that you'd like to share on this channel, please send them to scarepapa at gmail.com. Once again, thank you very much for watching and stay safe.